My name is John Merchada, and this is the Gunpowder Plot Show, also known as the Guy Fox Podcast. For the beginning of this episode, I would like to address my absence for the past five months. And as you know, I don't typically like to apologize for things, but I think it's warranted in how I handled uh, the last five months, and that's just basically not making any more episodes for that long a, a span of time. So. First and foremost, I want to apologize to you, and I hope that you hear me being genuine, um, because I I'm, I am sorry that I didn't say anything during that time, didn't give you a little update from time to time. Um, I truly appreciate you guys as my listeners, and that's shitty of me not to have said anything during all of this. Now, when this first started, it was just, I didn't do an episode, and then I didn't do another episode. And that uh, grew into five months of no episodes. Uh, Bentley, uh, a great friend of mine, um, has been wanting to get back to doing it. And he kind of went through something similar, I'd say, uh, about five months ago. Um, He has been wanting to get me back on to do some episodes over the past two months, which I've been telling him I would. And shit comes up and and, uh, things like that. But I think in the episodes after this one, uh, you will uh, have a better understanding. I'll speak a little bit more in detail about um, <clears throat> what uh, what I've been up to. So, um, like I said, first and foremost, I want to apologize for my absence. Um, sorry for that. And uh, I promise from here on out, if anything like that happens again, can't say that it won't, uh, I will make sure to keep you guys informed uh, as to what I'm up to and what I'm doing. Um, I am going to be quite busy, uh, certainly for the next, I'd say, two years, year and a half to two years. There's a lot of things that are happening um, that I've I've set up that uh, I'm going to be pretty busy. So uh, I don't know what the schedule is going to look like, but certainly if I have to take an extended amount of time off, I will inform you... um, I don't know if it, it will necessarily be first, but I'll certainly keep you updated and inform you during it to let you know kind of what's happening. Maybe even put in some little pot shot episodes from time to time. So this episode, I wanted to cover uh, the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, during my absence, I'd actually made some episodes that I was going to throw out that just dealt with um, trending topics um, of importance. Uh, and I wanted to get them out after this episode because I had been talking about doing an episode on the Council on Foreign Relations for quite some time and thought it was uh, important enough to um, kind of have, have be the, the um, jumpstart of the podcast to getting back to it and that these other episodes that I made um, would come after that. So um, we'll see about all that. Certainly, like I said, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to get back to talking about um, uh, important issues, um, important current issues, uh, but I also want to talk about uh, why these issues are a thing, or why certain things are occurring and where they're coming from, and that stems from things like the Council on Foreign Relations. So, the Council on Foreign Relations, also known as the CFR, was started in 1921, that's about 102 years ago. 
Uh, it's been described as an American think tank. I think it's far more nefarious um, than uh, of an organization than just a think tank. And uh, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe think tanks are just that, just nefarious little groups of dickheads that get together and, and uh, plan out bad shit. But anywho, um, what I did notice is in researching this group, uh, the overwhelming vast majority of search results were that from this uh, CFR.org, so the Council on Foreign Relations itself. That certainly you'll see on uh, on Google uh, and also on DuckDuckGo and Brave, uh, which is where I spent most of my time uh, looking up these articles. I would assume it's probably the same on Bing. I have a, a bit of a, a, not quite a fear, but kind of a fear, that much like Post or Kellogg brand cereals, uh, they also will make the generic brand cereals and double dip and catch both sides of the, uh, uh, what do you call that, uh, the classes in order to make all the money. Uh, for the for the same cereals that are out there, if that makes sense. So the fear is is that, as I've talked about before, the 200,000 plus uh, computer programmers that work for Google, um, and I've also mentioned that although Google Google does not control the internet, but they certainly control how you get the information on their search engine. Um, the fear is that they may also either own or somehow, some way control the search results for uh, Bing or Brave or DuckDuckGo or, or Yahoo or some other search engine. Um, and, and that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. And, and if it's, if usually if it wasn't the CFR.org website that was the search result, it was some other liberal leftist site um, that was discussing the Council on Foreign Relations. So you, I had to go pretty far down to find um, either not biased toward the CFR or unbiased sources and articles about the CFR. That being said, as I've talked about before, I think it's important to hear both sides. It's important to hear what those who have a bias for uh, the topic or issue that you're uh, researching, uh, see what they have to say, and then also see what those who oppose it have to say and anybody in between. Um, so that's in part what I tried to do. And in fact, the source watch that I used um, that I'm going to uh, discuss a, a lot of and where I got a lot of their information because it doesn't necessarily make them sound good was Wikipedia, which is kind of shocking because anybody can go onto Wikipedia. That's why it's not a very solid or credible uh, information source. Um, it's because you can go on there and you can make changes. Anybody can. Some of the uh, Wikipedia pages are locked so that you can't. Um, I didn't see that on, on uh, CFR's uh, Wikipedia page. That doesn't mean that it, that it isn't locked. But, um, yeah, it's a little strange. So uh, I'll, I'll discuss that here in a moment. Um, the CFR started after the United States Senate declined to join the League of Nations, uh, which later turned into uh, the United Nations. Again, I think both of those uh, groups were uh, quite nefarious uh, and malevolent. Um, the 
CFR is made up of government officials, global business leaders, prominent members of the intelligence and foreign policy communities, um, like senior politicians. Sorry, I'm trying to drive. And if you didn't notice, I'm car casting. It's not exactly how I wanted to uh, do this episode. I'd much rather would have been at my home office, uh, quiet, you know, able to uh, formulate a much better um, draft of of uh, speaking about this, but this is going to be a little bit rough, as it usually is when I take some time off and come back to it. It's a little rocky in the beginning, and maybe I might even made, make another episode of this later on down the road uh, and shore it up a little bit. But anywho, the CFR is made up of, um, more specifically, senior politicians, secretaries of state, CIA directors, bankers which is pretty important, lawyers, professors, corporate directors, CEOs, uh, senior media quote-unquote figures. The accusation uh, is generally that the CFR works to overthrow the U.S. Constitution and American sovereignty, uh, using its influence to infiltrate uh, different businesses and organizations, with the intent of making them adhere to the new world order, which is globalism, internationalism, or different wording for it would be globalism, internationalism, uh, and certainly a one world government, um, which people have denied throughout time, but you have uh, people like George Bush Sr., who directly employed the word new world order a few times in his speech, as has, uh, I think, John Kerry, uh, Barack Obama, um, Biden, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, George Bush Jr., and other political heads. And I think even the same within uh, different uh, other countries' heads, like, uh, I want to say, Germany, Australia, who else? Canada, there's a few others uh, that I I believe have um, talked about this. Infiltrate, oh, um, so using its influence to infiltrate the new world order into American life, using its quote-unquote experts to write scholarly pieces to be used in governmental decision-making, and the academics expound on the wisdom of a united world and the controlled slash corporate media members disseminate the message. Here's a quote from Baron M.A. Rothschild. Give me control over a nation's currency and I care not who makes its laws. Um, Yeah, as I was just talking about Hillary Clinton mentioning it, check out Hillary's uh, Hillary Clinton's speech on historyheist.com. Pretty interesting uh, speech to listen to, so go check that out. And you'll you'll uh, hear a little bit of what she has to say on it. Um, there's a few people who have come out to whistleblow, and this is the thing that kind of bothers me about uh, normies of uh, people who've never really looked into this stuff, but who, when they hear something that sounds like it's a conspiracy theory, they'll generally say uh, that if this was the case, then certainly somebody would speak up. What they're talking about are whistleblowers, but these poor whistleblowers throughout history um, 
they're not they're either demonized or they're not taken seriously um and the mainstream media has a lot of control when uh they pick and choose who what whistleblowers to listen to like during donald trump's um first term all the leaks that came out these were all quote-unquote whistleblowers but they're all full of shit and i know that as i'm saying this the somebody could call me a hypocrite and say, well, you're not trusting a whistleblower. It's not to say that everybody who's ever said anything about anything is therefore just credible because they come out. Um, I think that there is a, a vetting process to be taken into consideration. I think that those, uh, what was it, four or five um, FBI agents who, who recently came out, I think when, when you have an amount of um, damage that can come to you and will come to you and is coming to you as you whistleblow and you have the details to back it up, I think that tends to add a little bit more credibility. Uh, say, for example, um, Edward Snowden. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people within the community or the, the research, sorry, the conspiracy research community that have argued that he was working for the CIA against the NSA. And that's all that that was. And he's not genuinely, um, he's not genuinely as, sorry, he's not as genuine as he makes himself out to be. Um, but the man had to run away from the United States of America and go live in Russia uh, to seek protection over there. Um, for, for coming out to let everyone know, and I mean, look at the information that he's giving us. He's letting everybody know that the NSA has been spying on Americans for quite some time and the NSA was getting up there and lying about all of it um, so I think the amount of damage that he was to his reputation to his bank account to his freedom the threat of having his freedom taken away um, is is an ample amount to give him credibility for the things that he was saying uh, whereas you have the quote-unquote J6 uh, whistleblowers that came out to claim whatever the fuck they claimed that dude with all the tattoos and shit that came out and ran his fucking cocksucker. Uh, yeah, that piece of shit isn't to be believed because you can look back on J6 and go, yeah, that, that wasn't an insurrection. I was recently down in, in Arkansas, in fact, up until a couple days ago because of a funeral. Uh, my grandmother passed, so uh, we, I went down to send her off and I got to be around a lot of my, uh, my relatives. And... Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I had a conversation with quite a few relatives that I hadn't talked to yet. And, and when you're driving for eight, eight, nine, ten hours and talking the whole time, uh, you tend to cover some of these topics. And uh, all of them were in agreement. Yeah, we could all do a hell of a lot more damage uh, than the J6ers did, you know, in terms of if we were to actually uh, decide to to um, start a, a uh, our own little revolution but, or an insurrection, whatever you want to call it. But anywho, so uh, those who have told us about the CFR, those who have whistleblowed on them, um, Felix Frankfurter, Supreme Court Justice, and I think it's from 19... 39 to 1962, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1933, President John F. Kennedy at Meet the Press speech in 1963, Senator William Jenner, uh, 
it looks like in 1954. Some of these notes are a little bit older, so give me a, give, give me just a little bit of slack. Like I said, it's going to be a little rocky trying to cover all this drive at the same time. Plus, I only got about 22 more minutes. I might finish this up on the, the drive home. Shit, I keep, like, losing time. What the fuck is going on here? So, uh, back when it... Uh, let's see if this all starts the same. Sorry, I don't know if I have all these notes in the fucking correct order. I've had to redo this a few times. So, give me a little bit of slack and, and a little bit of time and patience to come up with this. Do I want to start here? Alright, maybe I'll come back to these two. And I'll touch it. Oh shit, that's right. There, dude, this is going to be longer than 22 minutes. Who, buddy? Alright, let me get these notes in the back. Sorry about that. Folks, I know this is boring to hear me go through all these fucking notes and shit. Alright, we're going to start off with uh, the Wikipedia page. And just to show you that, um, a couple of things. I wanted to go there for one's, the source is going to be biased towards, um, because Wikipedia is, is somewhat ran by the uh, people with a liberal left lean. Um, so they're going to be somewhat biased towards the CFR. Uh, so here it goes. Here's how it starts out. Woodrow Wilson called together the, in, quote unquote, the inquiry, which was 150 scholars of, from all different backgrounds. Uh, he called them together to brief him on options for the past war of the world. I'm sorry, the post-world. Mm. To brief him on options for the post-war world. Uh, it was directed by Colonel Edward M. House, coming up to a stop sign. Um, this all contributed to his uh, famous and historic 14 points. Um, and then I guess, what, did, what happened here? They traveled to the Paris Peace Conference in 1919. That makes sense why I put that note in there the way that it did. After... Uh, the British and American diplomats and scholars met on May 30th. Yeah, here we go. 1919 at the Hotel Majestic. Oh, that's a stop sign. Um, they created the Institute of International Affairs, where they would then have offices in New York and London. Uh, then they split. Uh, the English went on to create the Royal Inst Institute of International Affairs, a.k.a. the Chatham House. And America, uh, in America, we created the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, so, yeah, after that split, then we created these two organizations. Um, later, because of isolationists in the United States... Uh, wait, we created that later because of isolationists in the United States. I guess that makes a little bit more information. Set of, set of discrete meetings since... June 1918. Why did I write it that way? It doesn't sound right. Headed by Elihu Root, corporate lawyer. Uh, and he was Jewish. Why did I write that in there? Oh, that's because there's a whole bunch of Jewish people that are uh, within this organization and uh, heads of most of these... Um, what do I want to call it? Groups, organizations. I know I keep saying that word, but uh, there's a lot of Jews in there. You sound like you're anti-Jew. No. Just calling it out for what it is. 
Uh, Oahu Root was the Secretary of State under Roosevelt. It was attended by a hundred, this first meeting, I guess, was attended by 108, quote-unquote, high-ranking officers of banking, manufacturing, trading, and finance companies, together with many lawyers. This was all wrote directly from Wikipedia. So, you know who runs the banks, right? Much like who runs uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, a.k.a. SOS, Synagogue of Satan. Uh, proponents of Wilson's internationalism, opportunity to create an organization to engineer government policy. Um, let me say this before I go on any further. The Council of Foreign Relations is a very ambiguous group and or organization. Um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what they did uh, or what they are to be blamed for. Oh, these fuckers are turning. So it's hard to pinpoint exactly what they've done or what they what you can blame on them. However, being that they are the Council on Foreign Relations, any American involvement in an international conflict and or war, the Council on Foreign Relations is behind. So that's what you can blame on them. On top of that, I believe that you can blame things like 9-11 on them. I think this is kind of the, much like the Bilderberg group, um, oh shit, what was the thing that happened out in California that Alex Jones, Bohemian Grove, um, Bohemian Grove, um, get-togethers like this, uh, I think they're kind of events or, uh, what's the word I want to use, um, I don't want to say heads or or controllers of... Uh, maybe I do want to say that. They're part and parcel to the Illuminati, if that makes sense. Kind of like hand and glove. Uh, I don't think the Council on Foreign Relations... I think that the... The... Um, oh, shit. I can't think of the names of these things. Masons. The Freemasons. Good Lord. I think that the Freemasons are more powerful than the Council on Foreign Relations, um, but that they have, you know, these organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations where they can come together and maybe disseminate uh, their information and disseminate their, um, the, the control and maybe even uh, almost uh, categorically put into motion the plans that they develop. A little bit easier from these organizations. That's a, that was a, kind of a word salad. I do say so myself, but hopefully you're you're following on with what I'm talking about. Uh, kind of like uh, their source of compartmentalization throughout the rest of the the nation, using all of these different heads and things like that. I think it almost works in the reverse uh, to what they're claiming it is. They're claiming that it's a think tank where all of these big minds come together. Mind you. If it were just that, and if it were uh, benevolent, benevolent, sorry, benevolent, benevolent, um, or even indifferent to an effect, but rather were working to, to really come up with the best way to work in uh, international, um, or to, to deal with international affairs uh, in, a, in a, almost a different or maybe even a, a benevolent way, that makes sense to do, right? 
it's it's kind of like I mean what the president is supposed to do in the first place where you bring in a cabinet of, of experts and people like that in order to help you make decisions and that's essentially what they're saying that the Council on Foreign Relations is, is that they're bringing in all these heads of all these different areas that that are in charge of certain things throughout throughout the country uh, to come up with good ways to deal internationally with all the rest of the world. The thing is, they're not. Um, which is what they're talking about here. Opportunity to create an organization to engineer government policy. Uh, July 29th, 1921, filed a certification of incorporation to officially form the CFR. Founders are P. Elihu Root, uh, P. John W. Davis, oh sorry, President, I'm a retard. President Elihu Root, President John W. Davis, Vice President Paul D. Carath, or Carvath, Carvath, Carath, um, I don't know what ST stands for, uh, Edwin F. Gay, because he's gay, Secretary Treasury, Oh, Secretary of Treasury. I'm a retard. Secretary Treasury, tre of Treasury Edwin F. Gay uh, spearheaded the efforts to begin a publication of a magazine that would be the authoritative source to the government on foreign policy. See, this is where it starts to piss me off, and it should you too, is because they're coming up with um, this magazine, this publication, to be given to all of the Congress and senators and, and the president to say this is what you need to do and this is authoritative. As in, we know better than you, we have all discussed it, you need to follow what we, we do. That's not how our government works. This is an organization that was created to essentially override the checks and balances that we already had, which, which undermines the Constitution as a whole. This is the problem with this fucking thing. You know, I it's, even though I just hypocritically just said that coming up with something like this might almost be a good idea, but this is where there should be a red line. There should be no allowance of their them being an authoritative anything to anything that that um, Congress people or senators or the president have to to say or do. Uh, this council, the CFR, shouldn't have dick all to say to them in terms of being an author authoritative source to make them do it anything. Um, they got money from the quote unquote thousand richest Americans to publish the magazine uh, called Foreign Affairs in 1922. Let's see here, in 1930s, Ford and Rockefeller foundations became large donors. Um, this is where, when I started reading through this, I wrote down, this is hidden, this is all essentially hidden in plain sight. I cannot believe Wikipedia admits this, and they're so nonchalant about it all. And that's true. When you read through this, I mean, this is like basically, basically going from the top of the uh, CFR Wikipedia page to the bottom, and reading through this and just going, holy shit, I can't believe that they're fucking admitting all this. Um, in 1938... Uh, they began creating small subcommittees that would create and inject influential leaders into more and more legal positions of power, uh, including states, countries, 
I'm sorry, counties, cities, villages, etc., to influence people to support the umbrella CFR and quote-unquote shape public opinion and build support for the council's policies, unquote. Pretty fucked up, if you ask me. Following on, uh, War and Peace Studies in 1939, funded by the Rockefeller Foundation entirely. Rockefeller Foundation is kind of the big baddies of it all. Um, It's very secretive. No one knew it existed, Um, which kind of begs the question, how did we find out? Which kind of begs the question for a lot of things, right? How do we find these things out? Declassifications, whistleblowers, things of that nature. Um, Four functional topic groups, economic and financial. This is coming out of this uh, War and Peace Studies. Uh, The four uh, functional topic groups economic and financial, security and armaments, which is in charge of choosing CIA uh, predecessors. Um, I guess they have the Office of Strategic Services, OSS. Something else sounds like SS. Uh, Or just Alan Welsh Dulles. Was he the head? Sorry. And then uh, the two remaining being territorial and political. Uh, the CFR produced 682 memoranda for the State Department, for the State Department, which were marked, classified, and circulated among the quote-unquote appropriate government departments. Uh, if the CFR or any bureaucracy makes the decisions, then we voted for nothing. Oh, that's my point being said. Yeah, if the CFR makes the decisions, then we voted for nothing. It is no longer a constitutional republic with representation of the people. Yeah, that's kind of my point throughout all of this. It's, to the largest degree, the point of of coming up with this all in all. That and trying trying to pinpoint the blame to be put on the CFR for all of the international uh, grievances that we should have against them. In 1945, Uh, Over 250 government officials admitted to being members of the CFR. Eisenhower, uh, sorry, during Eisenhower's um, terms, or term, I can't remember how many served, 40% of U.S. foreign policy officials, uh, including Eisenhower, were a part of the CFR. Uh, Under Truman, fuck man, these people just, just start taking lefts and rights as I'm driving, sure, why not? Under Truman, 42% of top posts were a part of the CFR. Under Kennedy, 51%. Then I said, is this who he was talking about in 1963 in his 1963 media press speech? Very well could be. Um, And then under Johnson, 57%. I think it's only only really gone up. In 1947, George Kenman, 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 Kenan, coined the term containment his essay would influence U.S. foreign policy for seven upcoming president administrations. Um, under that, William Bundy created the CFR study groups with helping lay the, found, the framework of thinking that led to the quote-unquote Marshall Plan and quote-unquote NATO. Membership grew towards a thousand members. I think I'm going to take a break here 
uh, which you're not really going to hear too much of, and I'll come back to it um, at the start of, or when I when I start riding back, because I'm basically at my place that I need to be. So I'll be back in a moment. Hey, we're back. All right, to continue on with uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, let's see here. A few more members, uh, Richard Nixon, uh, Carter, Henry Kissinger, that's a big one, Cyrus Vance, that main name sounds pretty familiar, uh, here's a real big name, David Rockefeller, William Bundy, John Say, I'm sorry, John J. McCloy, and Brzezinski, the first part was his first name, which I can never remember, but uh, Brzezinski was in there. Uh, let's see here. The CFR were influential, in parentheses, a breeding ground for important American policies like mutual deterrence. Uh, why can't I write? Like, dude, you hate it when you write something and you're like, God damn it, I can't read that shit. Uh, aims, arms control. I think it's arms control. Nuclear non proliferation, which all sounds like, I think, kind of good stuff, maybe not that second one, I hate the government ever getting involved in um, trying to disarm people, because that tends to mean that they're going to attack you, or take control over you, um, assuming that was all before 1962, in 1962 they began a program to bring in, underlined, select Air Force officers to quote-unquote study alongside its scholars. Uh, later, the Army, Navy, and Marines requested to start similar programs. So it's um, infiltrated, I mean, although I do believe that they are, uh, the, the CFR are uh, malevolent, uh, infiltration doesn't quite seem to fit the word that I would use. Um, but we're going to go with that for now until I can think of a better word. Uh, 1969, I've got a stop sign. Um, Rockefeller, Kissinger, and Brzezinski, these are th the, like three of the biggest players, uh, persuaded Jimmy Carter through the State Department to admit the Shah of Iran to the U.S. for hospital treatment for lymphoma. This action directly precipitated the Iran hostage crisis. So there's at least one thing um, during this that I can uh, pinpoint to blame um, on the CFR. Uh, here, give me just a minute. We had some tornadoes a couple days ago. I think we had six or seven touchdown. So now we have a lot of uh, electrician cr uh, crews mm, out here fixing lines and stuff. So I'm going to have to go kind of slow around them and pay somewhat attention. Uh, membership. The type of membership was either you had lifetime or you had term. Lifetime, you had to be nominated in writing by another member and seconded by at least three others. Uh, term was a term of five years uh, only for those between ages 30 to 36 year old. Interesting. So I wouldn't even be uh, applicable. 
now, being that I'm 40, almost 41. You had to be U.S. citizens, I bet they changed that up a little bit, and permanent residents, so somebody that uh, came here and, and uh, got their citizenship. And then you had a, another type of membership, which was corporate. Uh, four types of corporate were associates, affiliates, presidents, circle, and founders. <laughs> this last part's kind of funny. Women were excluded until the 1960s. Well, what happened in the 1960s? Well, a certain kind of civil rights movement to an effect. Okay. Now we get into some really fucking fucked up uh, note-taking here. Uh, oh, these were just kind of different at the same time. Oh, shit, I got a biker behind me. Fuck, he's going to want to go. I don't want to drive that fast. I'm in the country. Um... A couple of similar or parallel um, or conjoined institutions or organizations, if you will, um, that I wanted to talk about uh, alongside the CFR um, and their dates of establishment would be the Federal Reserve, created and established uh, December 23rd, 1913. Um, Federal Reserve, uh, it's the Central Independent Government Agency. It has a board of governors in Washington, D.C. Twelve regional banks that make up the Federal Reserve, all, all, all titled the Federal Reserve Banks, uh, located in major cities, uh, taking this quarter, across the nation. Um, obviously, we're talking about the Council on Foreign Relations, created again in 1921. The British sister organization, the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Oh, shit. Oh, these guys moved. <laughs> I see. All right, biker, take off. Um, also known as the Chatham House. Then you have the United Nations, created January 1st of 1942. Established, quote-unquote, to fight the access powers. Uh, prior to that, you had the United... I'm sorry, the League of Nations, uh, January 10th of 1920, uh, who made it all the way to 1946, which is kind of goofy. Maybe to, uh, to some ill effect um, until the Paris Peace Conference. Peace Conference? Peace Conference. Uh, the United States wasn't a member of the League of Nations, uh, Germany and Soviet Union were not allowed to join. <laughs> I wonder why. Because dicks don't get to join pussies. Uh, and then you had the... Oh, hold on. Yeah, I know. Fucking put your hand out. Oh, good. I get to wait here for a while. These sons of bitches. Trilateral Commission, which is going to be uh, one of the next major episodes... This, which is what I count this as, like a major episode. We're talking about a real big thing here. Uh, Trilateral Commission was created in uh, July of 1973. Uh, hold on, sorry, I'm waiting for these guys. Here we go. These guys are letting me pass. Thank you. Appreciate you. Give it a peace sign. Get me through. Thank you, sir. Um... Oh, to go on a little bit more with uh, the no, there's Federal Reserve, the United Nations. Uh, the United Nations officially established uh, October 24th, 
1945, replaced the quote-unquote ineffective League of Nations, uh, failed, which failed to prevent World War II. Um, made up of China, France, Soviet Union, United Kingdom. It says United States? Oh, this is the United Nations. Yeah, United States. Uh, again, I'll go through that. Uh, China, France, Soviet Union, United Nations, and the United States. Now, as I'm talking about this, we have a new or, um, international institution or international organization that's uh, coming about called BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, China, India, um, shit, wait, Brazil, BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Uh, I got it right that time. This is something I've been worrying about for a while, people. When I was talking about there might be a possibility of a civil war in the United States of America, and thinking of people who might take advantage during that time, who better than uh, Russia and the United, I'm sorry, Russia and China. As I talked about that, and I think a lot of people probably poo-pooed that idea, but look at what we have now. And I can't remember if BRICS is coming together, uh, this has been talked about recently in the past, certainly in the past year, of them coming together to strengthen a different currency other than, and, and basically to get away from uh, US dollar, which is um, pretty detrimental to our economic standpoint within the world. So that's happening, it's not great, um, and a little worrisome. So as I've been talking about uh, Russia and China uh, uh, buddying up, which would make more sense than either one of them cozying up the United States. They're doing it. Members of the Security Council, oh, sorry, China of the United Nations, China, France, Soviet Union, UK, and US were the members of the Security Council within that, uh, as well as the Netherlands. Uh, Geneva, Switzerland, I wrote Secretariat, um, London, oh, these must be the cities where they all are. Uh, Geneva, Switzerland, London, Washington, D.C., uh, as well as Princeton University. It's a little goofy that there's a United Nations meeting point at a, at a university within the United States of America. Uh, the charter is the con constituting instrument. I did read that word right. I don't know why I read it with a fucking question mark. The charter is the constituting instrument of the organization setting out the rights and obligations of members of member states and establishing the United Nations organs and procedures. I hate the United Nations. I don't know if you picked up on that um, in any of your time listening to me, but I hate it because it's much like the North American Union or any other, the um, TPP and the TTIP, the Transatlantic Partnership, um, I'm sorry, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Transatlantic Partnership. I don't like these because what happens when two countries join forces? Well, whatever pact or contract that they come up with supersedes those countries' um, dictating documents, ours being the Constitution of the United States of America. So the United Nations, as they did back um, in the early 2000s, uh, I think, two, it must have been like 2010, whenever Detroit had the water crisis, 
Um, and the United Nations threatened stepping in to override the uh, United States government. Now, I don't think it ever happened, but the mere fact that they thought that they could just walk in and do shit within the United States um, is unconstitutional. The fact that you have UN police or even fucking Interpol, like any, you know how it happens with law enforcement and anytime you're watching a movie that, that centers around that, that Interpol can just step in and do shit. Uh, no, no you can't, fuckface. This is the United States of America. We don't, we don't play with that shit. We don't play that way, homeboy. Uh, let's see, there's a few other notes that I have taken, and I'm really, I'm kind of near the end of this, uh, yeah, if not at the very tail end of this, with, um, my note-taking or, or coverage of this, and, and again, like I said, I mean, this could just be, it could be one of those things that, one, I make another, uh, episode down the way, uh, that might be a little bit short up, um, a little bit more to the point. A lot less uhs and ums and ands. Um, and it could also be a thing where I kind of grill any time that I, I gather more information. Um, uh, add more episodes to the Council on Sport and Relations. Bring you the information that you need. Uh, let's see. Blackstone Ladle? It's got to be labeled, right? Control over the State Department. This is of the Council on Foreign Relations. CIA Enforcement arm, oh, I'm sorry, the CIA is the enforcement arm of the CFR, uh, why did I write minute 530, bankers and corporations decide what they want, say they'll use the think tank, write the policies, oh, so this is the procedure that, uh, the, the members come up with in order to get, Oh, whatever it may be, whoever they want to affect, whatever organization, institution, bureaucracy that they want to affect change on, what, they, what they'll do is, one, at their little meetings, they'll decide what they want, um, they'll enact using said think tank, they'll write the policies, give it to the State Department, made up of about a thousand CFR ma- members, I guess still to this day, the State Department will uh, implement the policies, the CIA enforces it, um, and I wrote, I don't know why I wrote this, on the group ops, and then under that, terrorist groups, um, will move toward military intervention if the above doesn't work. And as we very well know internationally, the CIA has been involved in many a different thing, like, oh, I don't know, creating Al-Qaeda to fight the Russians. Um, overthrowing numerous uh, regimes all over the world, South America, the Middle East, Africa, um, that's the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, like I said, I'll be making another episode uh, to cover it sometime in the future to cover the Trilateral Commission, which is an offshoot of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, and bring you more information on that. But as of right now, that's it for the Council on Foreign Relations. Hopefully that was some information that you hadn't previously had. Um, wasn't a, a whole bunch, but at least a starting point to an effect. Uh, I do like the idea of, of growing that. And um, I think the big points to take away is 
the authority aspect that the Council on Foreign Relations likes to believe that they had. Like they, like I said earlier with the accusation is that um, overall the CFR works to overthrow the, U, the United States Constitution and American sovereignty uh, using its influ influences to infiltrate the new world order into American life using its quote-unquote experts to write scholarly pieces to be used in an authoritative fashion in governmental decision-making and the academics expound the academics or academia expounds on the wisdom of the united world and the controlled slash corporate media members disseminate the message to the populace essentially um making themselves the authoritative influence on our governmental branches like the congress and senate as well as the president so that should be alarming. That's the point that I really want you to take away from um, my coverage of the Council on Foreign Relations. So I, I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to other episodes, um, which I bring you more information on the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, I'm forgetting my, my outro. Um, visit the website, theweaponbook.com. That is theweaponbook.com. I am listening through uh, the last parts of the audio version of chapter one that'll be out soon that'll be free um, I think I'm I have published all the way out to chapter 14 uh, yeah I don't have the rest of it to see right now so check all of those out uh, I have a novella which is chapters 1 through 10 that are out I may be changing the chapters to either um, verses or episodes so instead of chapter one it'll be episode one or or verse one um we'll see i think i'm leaning more towards episodes uh there's a lot of changes i have to make for that i mean it's not terrible but um i may be making that change uh coming up uh a little bit more um uh what's it called content on the website itself so make sure to go check that out. Like I said, theweaponbook.com. If you want to reach out to me, uh, feel free to email me at metv1105 at gmail.com. That is metv1105 at gmail.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me on damn near any social networking platform. Um, just look up John Omerchada. That's J-O-H-N. Omerchada is O apostrophe M-U-R-C-H-A-D-H-A. And uh, friend me up, uh, like this episode, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, be accountable, be responsible, don't be a bitch-ass liberal.